Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name's Barbara P., and I'm a recovered over, oh, compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, and today we're reading from the big book, page III, starting with the first, no, sorry, second paragraph. It's important that we remain anonymous, ending with our alcoholic work is our avocation. Today's readers are Joni C. on the 12 Steps, Victoria L. on the 12 Traditions, Nancy R. Um, is our reader of the text, Crystal R. will be reading our closing, and Barb W. is backing everybody up. Our, um, let's see, our host for the newcomer greeter is Anne Marie M., and our host for the second hour is Ken W.H. The reference numbers for yesterday's meetings that's Tuesday, November 14th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. It's 20830. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time yesterday is 20831. 20831. Uh, the OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'll now ask Joni C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, a compulsive overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for the knowledge only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Oh, thanks very much. Joni C. from Minnesota. I will now ask Victoria L. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Victoria L. from Muncie, Indiana, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, everyone. Have a great abstinent day. Great. Thanks, Victoria. So how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic today or any day. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XIII. It's the forward to the first edition. The paragraph begins, it's the second paragraph. It is important that we remain anonymous. 
And it ends with, our alcoholic work is our avocation. It's that one paragraph only. So let's see. I will ask our reader, Nancy R., to get us started. Good morning. Nancy R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Illinois. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our occupations in such an event. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an advocate, an avocation. Um, so it was important at the time of the publication of this book in 1939 that um, we remain anonymous for the reason here. And um, here we are in 2023 and um, we still keep that anonymity, um, not because we're too few, um, thank goodness, um, but because because I don't know the answer to that, <laughs> but we just are, you know. It's over. It's uh, Orators Anonymous, and um, thank goodness that we've grown the way we have, and that we are um, very situated to. Um, handle the personal appeals that are requested every day for help from this awful, awful addiction and disease. Um, and uh, again, today we are um, do, still doing our 12-step overrated anonymous work as an avocation. It isn't our primary um, job, um, no matter what uh, our other occupations or responsibilities are in our lives. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Great. Thanks so much. Nancy R. from Illinois. So we'll go ahead and take a list of names. Um, we ask that you've shared in the last three days that if you do hold back, share every third day. Um, we value your experience, but we also want to hear so many others to share their experience too. So let's go ahead and I'll take a list of names. First name, first initial, throw a state at me if you like. Katie G. Katie gotcha. from Boston. Janet B. Janet. Mm -hmm. Tanya D. Tanya. Was that D, Tanya? Or I'll, I'll get it when you step up. Tanya. Barbara A, California. Barbara A, I gotcha. And then was that Kelly? Melissa S, Nashville. Kelly and... Liz E, UK. Kelly, and I'm going to get Liz E. Right, well, let's go ahead and stop right there. And then we'll take another list after that. So we're going to go ahead. My lineup is Katie, Janet, Tanya, 
Barbara, Melissa, Kelly, Liz. If I forgot anybody, stand by or didn't hear somebody, stand by. Uh, Katie, you are up, followed by Janet B. Good morning. Thank you for taking the meeting. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. And this may be um, a slightly different take on anonymity, but for me, I know that when I join an organization, I want to find the president so that I can take her down and become the president <laughs> or so she can become my best friend and I can be the most important person in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, and one of the things that we talk about is as we rise in the ranks, quote unquote, of Overeaters Anonymous, we rise to the highest position, which is servant. I'm so grateful that I don't see and know the people that started this meeting. I'm so grateful that I don't quote people's names when I talk about them. I'm so grateful that I don't know who your sponsor is or who your sponsees are. Because for me, I'm really sick. And I, if I know, if you're my good friend and I know who your sponsor is, I wanna call your sponsor and I wanna be best friends with your sponsor. Or I wanna be in your sponsorship lineage. And the thing is, if I don't remain anonymous, and everybody is going to go to the one person that they think has started a meeting or has started a, a thing in Overeaters Anonymous, and it, they're going to, it's going to be too overwhelming, right? Because we are all, or excuse me, I'll just speak for myself. I'm a compulsive eater of the hopeless variety, and I need guidelines, and I need traditions to protect. Like, they say principles before personalities. How about principles before my personality? How about I settle in and become one among many, right, so that I can do my primary purpose? I so often hear it talked about, like, it doesn't matter if Mickey Mouse is your sponsor. You know, there is no vision for you way of working the 12 steps. There is no, you know, so-and-so's name of understanding the big book. We're all just a bunch of compulsive eaters. And I know for me, I'm so sick that I am grateful for the anonymity that is offered in um, the in this fellowship rooms that I sit in because then there are no VIPs and we can focus on who the most important person in the room is, which is the newcomer. If you're new to these rooms, welcome, welcome home. If you have a problem with food or starving or binging or purging, we are not in this room to become friends, although you'll hear us talk because we are the best of friends. We are in this room to help you because we have been all saved by the miracle of God. And God is the one that should never remain anonymous. We do not apologize for God. God is the victory and the hero of all of our stories. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Katie G. from Boston. Janet B., you're up, followed by Tanya D. Good morning. This is Janet B. in North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey, recovered compulsive eater. So I think it's so cool that they realized that they were going to get an overwhelming number of requests when they published this book. Well, how come? Like, why did they know that? And I think they knew that because this book offers something that no other self-help book does. And they knew it. Um, you know, I think about the brilliance of it, that the fourth step, right, where we clean up our past. So many self-help books have that, right? Like, you know, look at the things you do wrong, try and do them better. 
But look at the beauty of our book, that it puts all this stuff, the cleaning up our past, after we get a relationship with God, after we've come to believe that there is a God, and not, and not just some impersonal God out there, but a God who loves us, right? Because my second step says that God is going to restore me to sanity. Well, if this God who like created the universe is going to restore me to sanity, he's not some impersonal being. He must care about me. Otherwise, why would he bother when there's like billions and billions of people in the world to sit and say, I'm going to launch a search and rescue mission for her. I'm going to restore her to sanity. And then once I believe that, our beautiful third step tells us that now that I've trusted that there is a God who loves me and who has my back, I can surrender my life to him and trust that his will for me is going to be better than anything I could think of myself, right? Page 100 tells us that the things that come to us when we put ourselves in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. So if I've got the creator of the universe having my back, who loves me, who's removing my food obsession, try to do his will, it works, then of course I can clean up my past because I don't have fear anymore. What a beautiful program we have. This isn't self-help. This is a how to have a miracle in 12 simple steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, Janet B., from North Carolina, Tanya D. You're up, followed by Barbara, I believe, A. Hi, this is uh, Tanya D. as in dog, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just thinking about how the value of anonymity has evolved for me, um, as it has, uh, you know, for uh, the fellowship as a whole. Uh, initially, for me, the value of anonymity was just. Um, knowing or trusting that what I would say in the rooms would stay there and what, um, you know, people wouldn't kind of see me on the street and like, hey, nice to see you from uh, that OA meeting. Um, because, you know, I, this disease for me, uh, a disease of secrecy, and I had literally never told anybody what I did with food before coming to OA, you know, I sort of at one point hinted at it. Um, and of course, I think I was worse at hiding it than I thought. Um, but, you know, the fact that it was an anonymous program uh, made it easier for me to um, come clean about exactly what I'd uh, done with food. And of course, the fact that, um, you know, the people in the rooms also shared what they had done with food. And then the other thing that jumped out to me is the fact that this is a navigation because thinking about how, uh, you know, I would have reacted if I came in and there were, you know, professional lawyers who had been just doing this full time, um, it just wouldn't have been the same. You know, I think for me, a key thing is that we're all equal in this fellowship. Um, as was shared previously, like, there are no superstars. We're all doing this and uh, still living lives um, in, in different ways, many different ways, right? Um, but this is not a full-time job um, for any of us. And um, that just helps me relate uh, and helps me see how uh, this program can uh, work in my life as opposed to, you know, having to quit everything and uh, just only do program. 
uh, or having people who are doing it full-time tell me how to do it right, you know, that creates a hierarchy where the full-timers are the ones that kind of know everything. You know, we're all um, working this program together, and that's really um, valuable for me. Uh, and also, as was said previously, like, um, my ego uh, needs to be kept in check, and the fact that we do keep anonymity um, outside these rooms and inside these rooms uh, helps me, um, yeah, like put principles before personalities, which I think is such an important tradition. Uh, thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Great. Thank you so much. Tanya D. and Barbara A., you are up, followed by Melissa S. Good morning. Good morning, Vision family, fellows. Um, this is Barbara A., Central California, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeaters living in the grace of God's recovery today. Um, I am uh, I, I'm really enjoying this paragraph, and as I work the program and I listen to meetings, I grow and learn so much. And I can remember coming into the program years ago and, and you know, yeah, principles before personalities. I would say it, but not really knowing what it meant. And, and one of the tools that we use in our program. One of our nine tools is anonymity. I, every meeting I went, we talked about the tools. I never picked up on anonymity as a tool. It, it, it's so important to understand for me that anonymity is treating everybody the same way. Everybody, I'm just another snow on the bus. And I am, I'm, Practicing the honesty, the humility, the compassion, the tolerance, the patience with everyone, whether I like them or not. I love that that part the best because when I do practice all of those lovely principles, I, I get to love the person, whether I like them or not. I'm so grateful for the program. I'm grateful for your service. Thank you for my opportunity to share, and I pass. Great. Thank you so much. Barbara A. from California. Melissa S., and you'll be followed by Kelly. Hi, everyone. It's Melissa S. from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, after listening to this this morning, the word avocation stood out to me, and I even looked it up. Um, and it it was defined as like a hobby. And this is kind of a paradox for me because after like a relapse, this was a big theme for me that my way of living this program is not a hobby actually. It's an entire way to live my life. Um, so it's kind of a, a paradox that it's the way I live my life, but it doesn't prevent me from my responsibilities in life also because a lot of times like my selfish nature I I can hide in my recovery life from my family which I don't you know like I don't want to always you know be the mom or the wife or the worker at work um, that God has for me to do I would rather um, avoid my family by going to too many meetings. And so I think it's really a discernment and a, um, a wisdom that you have to get from your higher power as you move forward in this life. 
But um, one thing that has really helped me recently with this balance, although balance is kind of a, you know, I've heard it said like that we don't do balance. It's like all in or not. And I'd rather be all in for God. But the idea that um, I'm dedicated to this way of life, but I'm not rigidly um, doing a checklist. So that word has been really helpful to me lately that I'm dedicated to this and I am also like here to play the role God assigned me in my family, in my workplace, and also in my marriage. So um, that's just my experience with that and I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa S. from Tennessee. And Kelly, step right up. We'll be followed by Lizzie. Let me just remind everybody where we are. Just Kelly, right before you start is on page XIII on the forward to the first edition, second full paragraph. It's important and ending with avocation. So Kelly, go ahead right ahead. After Liz, we'll take a list of names. Thank you. Thanks for this meeting, Kellyanne, compulsive overeater in Oregon. I was just trying to remember which tradition said this tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Um, yeah, um, I learned so much and was reminded of so much that I needed to be reminded of or retaught just by listening so far in this meeting. I need to be in OA meetings. And um, what brought me to this meeting at this very early time in the morning, Pacific time, is that uh, I am having trouble in the evening. That's always been my slippery time um, to uh, over to keep going. You know, um, I never feels like I'm done. And feeling hungry is like um, steak for me. It's um, when I'm upset, I feel hungry. When I'm mad, I feel hungry. When I'm sad, I feel hungry. When I'm scared, it feels to me like I'm hungry. Um, so I have been texting my sponsor. I didn't do that the last couple nights, so I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm going to set up a time to talk to her more. We text. We uh, keep in touch. We see each other every week at our face-to-face, but I have not yet, she's new to me, and I have not yet gotten together with one-on-one to talk about my program, and she's really busy, but I'm going to see if we can do that, and um really grateful to be part of this program, and um, I think I'll pass. Thanks for the meeting. Uh, thanks, Kelly Ann from Oregon. And Liz E., you are up, and then we'll be taking another list of names. Good morning. Uh, Liz E. for Elegant in Bristol in southwest England. Thank you very much, everybody, for your service today. And um, the sun is shining here today, which is just amazing. Oh, I don't know what to say, really. I'm just asking God. I'm going through a very bumpy patch in my life, but I know that this program works in rough going. And just encourage anybody to press star one and unmute. I don't really want to do it today, but I know I have to do it to keep my recover recovery. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. 
Um, thing that really stuck, stood out for me is being mostly business or professional professional folk, we could not carry on our occupations in such an event. And for me, that's one of the beauties of this programme. I don't talk about, you know, my status or my job title or who I am, what I am. I am a compulsive overeater and I only identify as that. And that is the single most important thing and the only thing that I bring to this meeting. I do not bring other stuff to the meeting because that is an outside issue. And um, I love that because it makes us all equal and um, we are all in the sa- on the same journey, probably slightly different experiences. We share our experience, strengths and hopes. Um, but I just love that. And the anonymity is also really, really helpful. And um, you know, it's kind of just um, an amazing way to connect with people. And like I said, I've been going through a very bumpy patch. But do you know what? I have had so much love from people on these calls, other meetings, and it is just the most life-sustaining most life-giving and today I remain abstinent if a few years ago it had been several pizzas lots of ice cream lots of other stuff but today I am living and I it's hard I do not like the feelings they're uncomfortable but I am living and I am remain uh, recovered and love outreach so um, if anybody wants to get in touch love to hear from you thanks a million I'll pass Oh, thanks, Liz E. from the UK. So just a reminder, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share on today's paragraph, page XIII, second paragraph? Sigrid F. Was that Sigrid? Yep, that's me. Gotcha. Rachel P. Rachel. Chris G. Chris. Nicole. 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 I've got Sigrid, Rachel, Chris, Nicole. Anyone else? Toby. Toby K. Nancy P. Toby got you. Nancy got you. This is Batya, and can I just please remind everybody to speak up? Uh, several of the speakers were very... Um... Sure. We got you, Batya. Okay. Everybody speak loud and clear if you can. All right. Let's stop there, and then we'll go to another list if we have time. We should have time for maybe for one or two more so go right ahead. Sigrid F., you're up, followed by Rachel P. Sigrid, star one. Sorry, I thought I was still unmuted. You can hear me again now? I sure can. Okay. So good morning, everybody. Sigrid F., recovered in South Florida and grateful to be on the meeting and grateful for your service today. Um, I, I like the part that they're remaining and honest and they have a reason because they're too few at present to handle the, you know, the appeals. And I would say, you know, maybe things have changed a bit there. 
for me, anonymity, I like that it's my choice, right? Other people will keep my anonymity and I'll keep other people's anonymity. But if I choose to not be anonymous to anyone, that's my option. And that's how, you know, I might um, help grow understanding and kindness in the world for people like us. Um, so I like that part of it. I also really resonate with the part about balance. You know, we work, uh, we're, we're not just here to do this. Um, and, I, and I guess I think of application, and maybe I didn't look this up, so, you know, maybe I'm off base. But to me, it's like a calling. It's a calling. It's, uh, it's something that I choose to do, that I get to do. Ice to keep my head clean and clear, right? Carrying out the work, which I, you know, step 12, making sure I'm carrying the message. That's, that's a calling now. It's something I'm privileged to do and spend time doing. And I am grateful for that. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Have a great day, everybody. Great, thanks so much, Sigrid F. Rachel P., you're up. You'll be followed by Chris G. Good morning, this is Rachel P., actually Rachel K.P. in Pennsylvania, um, recovered compulsive reader. And this anonymity piece is really standing out to me. Um, you know, that I'm thinking about um, something I, I had heard at the early birthday party in back in 2019, you know, around this this idea of like pedestalizing people in this program. And I think I think the founders of AA wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. That, you know, they, they published this book and they, they anticipated that people reading this book then would need or, or have the desire for, you know, the, the original founders, the, the original 100 to sponsor them, you know, possibly thinking, you know, I can't get recovered unless, unless these particular people um, sponsor me. And that, you know, that is making people into God. And, and so I think that, you know, when they published this book, they wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. Uh, because the, the, the goal of this book is to get people to God, not to get people to people, because people are flawed. Um, you know, we're all human. And, you know, I think we can kind of fall into that trap even now of, you know, pedestalizing certain people in and outside of this program. Um, and, you know, I even, that's a defect inside of me that I have. It's like, I want to be special. I want to be somebody that people, that people really admire, um, you know, and that's ego. And so I need to make sure that, you know, I need to check myself and make sure like that I'm not trying to be a celebrity in this program and that I'm not worshiping celebrities, quote unquote celebrities in this program. And, you know, we're tr all truly just here trying to get better together. And, you know, in terms of a sponsor-sponsor relationship, it doesn't matter who's sponsoring me as long as they've worked the 12 steps and they've had a spiritual awakening as a result of working the steps. It's the only qualification that is important to consider. Um, you know, when I first came in, I wanted the perfect sponsor. I wanted somebody who was going to, you know, get me recovered and someone who had really, really strong recovery. And, you know, and now I, I, after several years being in this program, I realized like, it doesn't matter. Um, what matters is that 
I'm willing to work the steps. And I'm honestly, humbly working the steps. And um, it doesn't really matter who's guiding me through as long as, as long as they recover. Because you can't give away something you don't have. So I appreciate the anonymity piece because in as much as possible, it's, it's trying to mitigate, in my mind, it's trying to mitigate this celebritizing, if you will, of people um, in, in our program. And I appreciate that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Rachel P. Chris G., you're up, followed by Nicole. Thank you. Um, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for everybody that has shared and everybody doing service. Uh, I appreciate uh, you being here. Uh, so we're talking about an anonymity, and that's uh, we, we classify that as one of our traditions. So what is a tradition? Uh, a, a tra tradition is, is the way, way things are done. That's the way things are done. We have a tradition in this meeting that we only speak once every third day. And, uh, and, and there's a reason for that, uh, that we want everybody to have a chance to, to speak. We don't want to just uh, have one person monopolize the time and other people not have time. So it's, it's bringing equality into it. And um, yeah, so, uh, so there's a reason why uh, we have traditions. Uh, and, and, and it looks like it's important because it's the forward and it's a tradition. So the, we got to get this out there so people understand why we're doing this. Uh, I, think, I think it takes a certain uh, maturity uh, uh, a certain thoughtfulness to to uh, practice the traditions. I, I, I was immature and I, I like to gossip and I like to tell everybody everybody's business. And, and to, to not be that way is, is a kind of maturity, a, a thoughtfulness, a understanding that what I say matters and, 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 and I don't, you know, it's not, I don't have to be self-centered. It's not all about me, me, me. I, I remember many people sharing that that when they came into a meeting, a face-to-face -face meeting, and found out they were studying a tradition, they just wanted to leave. They didn't want to stay. They didn't want to hear about the traditions. They didn't want to. They didn't want to study the tradition. And and it's like, well, of course not, because we're compulsive overeaters, and we just want to eat the frosting. You know, we just if it doesn't have frosting on it, we don't want to eat it, right? So uh, the traditions is like the meat. You know, it's like it's it's like uh, it's it's like not being uh, self-centered, but being think, being thoughtful, thoughtful of others, and it's certainly thoughtful of others to to keep their business private. And with that, I passed. Uh, thanks, Chris G. Nicole, you are up, followed by Toby K. Thank you. Good morning, Nicole, recovering compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I was reading this paragraph and really thankful for all the shares. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. Um, when I read this paragraph, I was thinking, well, these, this is spoken like only recovered people could really say, because I am not able to think about giving my free time to someone else, which is basically what an avocation is. It's different from a vocation. Um, I'm not able to think of giving my free time to someone else when I'm in the disease. And I'm still recovering. I'm not recovered yet. And I'm still learning about the selfishness and the self-centeredness that led to me really disliking the whole, I hated sponsoring. 
back in the day for so many years that I was in program. And now that I'm working the steps in this very thorough way, I'm seeing why that was, you know, my character defects had not been lifted. I had held on to them. Um, so really listening to this and hearing them say, you know, we do this in our free time. We still have our lives. We still expect to carry on our occupations well and to perform well in those because that's what God wants us to do. And we do this in our free time. And, you know, in OA, we say that we don't have any stars or VIPs. And I've struggled with that sometimes because sometimes it feels like we do. I know in some of my local meetings, face-to-face meetings, or even when you hear there's like big book speakers and stuff. And I have, you know, I shared with my sponsor recently, like, I don't know, is this, how do you have a big book speaker who's like an authority? Like we're all the same. But reading this, I mean, I think sometimes we do kind of toe the line on that, but that's on that individual person, not on me, make that decision. But I I think about it in light of this paragraph, and these are individuals who are giving of their free time to share what they've gotten from the literature, to share from their program. If they want to do it in long form and spend lots of time on it, that's amazing. And they're probably, that is increasing their recovery by them doing that. So it's a different perspective that I, I had never really had before. I'm just really to all the people who just gives so much time. It shows me how much growing that I have to do. But I can tell that the growing is happening because lately I've been thinking, oh, I can't wait to be recovered so I can maybe help somebody in a little bit of how I've been helped. And that, to me, is a transformation that's in the process. So thanks for letting me share. Well, thanks, Nicole from Virginia. Toby Kay, you're up, followed by Nancy. Hi, this is Toby K. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Sure Thank can. Thank you. Uh, wow, you know, uh, when I first came to away, I thought, you know, oh, just skip the forward. doesn't say much. Um, it's boring. <clears throat> but uh, I see how important it is now, uh, especially bringing to light the anonymity because I know for myself, I mean, I've heard so many good things uh, just about this, but I know for myself, I want it all. Who'd you see? Where'd you go? Who'd you go with? Who spoke to you? Who'd you speak to? I know I'm always asking uh, my husband those things, um, you know, being so, uh, quote unquote, inquisitive. But uh, he doesn't do that with me. And... Uh, He's not so inquisitive. And I say, well, he's not so friendly and I'm talkative and I want to be social. But it isn't. It isn't social. It isn't friendly. Like I've heard uh, today is that it's just immature. I just want to know. And um, I guess if I, if I, I could say, you know, I know this one. I know that one. I go here. I go there. I'm so popular. And it's just an immaturity, and it's just to uh, my own ego building. And I'm glad that uh, OA is teaching us anonymity. You know, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everybody. You don't have to know people's business. 
and don't pass it on. Just be content to be with yourself and with God. And thank you so much for letting me share I pass. Uh, thanks, Toby Kay. So, uh, Nancy, you are up, and then we'll be taking another list of names. Quick reminder, we're on page XIII, the second paragraph, starting with it's important that we remain anonymous and ending with an avocation. Nancy, go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Thank you for letting me share. So I also looked up the definition of avocation, which, yes, it's a hobby or a minor occupation. The full definition is a subordinate occupation pursued in addition to one's vocation, especially for enjoyment. So that shed a little bit more light on my personal experience because, you know, I was all one for, you know, I wanted to be at the end. I wanted to be just thin and serene and I'll do all that other stuff when I have time. And if I was ever you know, confronted with just having to do the, the actual work, I thought I would have to fit all that stuff in and eat at the same time. There just was no time for that. Like I spent basically all my time thinking about eating, eating, trying not to eat, hiding my eating and regretting my eating and being angry. You know, that took a lot of time. And um, today I know <laughs> for me that I spend a lot of time on this like it's my vocation, like it's my calling, but it's not. It's it's not really a hobby, but it's a subordinate occupation for me. But it's not like I spend, somebody once called me and said, How, when do you make your phone calls, from 10 to 12? And I laughed. I said, I don't have time to do it from 10 to 12. I, I make it when I have, I make calls when I have five or 10 minutes, you know, when I'm in the car, when I'm on my way, you know, taking out the trash, when I'm, you know, cutting and chopping or, you know, whatever. I, I make them and then at night when I do my written 11-step inventory, I don't say made and took calls. I write down when I took the calls so that I know how often did I make calls? What, you know, how can I make sure that I do it as, you know, in the best way that's going to affect me as possible? And this, this avocation that I have has given me everything in my life that I have. You know, my, it's the same life that I had before. I live in the same house. I have the same family. I, you know, um, I have the same stuff in my life that I always did. But suddenly it's like I took off these, glasses that weren't rose colored they were like black you know i couldn't see out of them at all <clears throat> and now i can see clearly and my life is amazing and you know we have and i don't do you know what do i do I'm, i don't do anything important but there are people in this program you know we have doctors lawyers teachers nurses executives business owners i mean we do everything i once talked i'm like lowering my voice like it's a secret i once talked to someone whose job to me was more spectacular than rock star best-selling author movie star or president yet there she was in this program with me on an outreach call. There's no distraction from the message through anonymity. Thank you very much, anonymity. I don't remember this woman's name, but I remember what she did, which just came up in conversation. I, I perked up and I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I'll close with this. You know, I went once with a friend on a tour of, a, of an old synagogue. And um, the tour guide said, does anybody know why we separate the men from the women? And Nancy Peel, thinking that she knew the answer, said, because they're jerks. And my friend said, I know. And the answer was, so that there's no distraction between the men and the women from the, from the message. You know, I'm agnostic, so I don't care about God, but they do. So, you know, that's why they do that. And so I learned something. And here, we don't want any distraction from the actual message. So between each other and what we do and, you know, how we do it and everything. <clears throat> because the message is, give it away as fast as you can, hand over fist. And somebody else said that they hated 
sponsoring. I'm Hi. with her. I used to hate it too. And today it is my joy and my honor and my privilege. And with that, I'll pass. Uh, thanks, Nancy. Nancy P. from Boston, Massachusetts, or from Massachusetts. Um, okay, we have time for two, possibly three short <laughs> shares, but two two shares. Who would like those? Lisa B. T. Lisa B. T. <clears throat> Mary Lisa B. from the UK. Mary Maddie. B. from the UK. Oh, Mary B. I think it was. Well, let's see. I think yes, I have a Maddie and a Mary B. Okay. All right. And was there someone else in there? I have Lisa BT, Mary B from the UK. Lisa C. All right, Lisa, if we have time, we'll see how long everybody goes. So let's kick off. Lisa BT, you are up. Three minutes. Hi, thank you very much. Um, uh, my name is Lisa B.T. I am a very grateful, recovered overeater in Canada, not near Toronto. Um, I just wanted, my, my share is actually really brief, but it just um, really struck me listening to everybody today. Um, and, and thanks to, you know, everybody, the, the people who put this meeting on, the people who come, the people who listen. It's amazing. The phrase, dignity of choice, really came to my mind in connection with this paragraph in the sense that um, anonymity is um, belongs to each person individually. Um, that, that is their dignity. Um, if they choose to share it, they can, but it is totally their choice. And, and I really just loved the way that that phrase um, really captured um, just sort of the, the elegance of, of how this program was put together and the maturity um, and, and the wisdom. And it, it seems to me, my own experience has been that if I'm going to share with somebody something about my, myself um, that, that may be vulnerable, that may be you know, something around addiction, um, maybe somebody in or outside of this program, um, that that's actually a, a gift that each of us is willing to to show to the other person. And I think that that vulnerability and lack of defense is also one of the reasons that the fellowship is so strong. You know, I've heard people say, uh, I can talk in this program in a way that I can't talk with my closest um, friends or family, um, you know, because they, they may not understand. They may love me, but they may not understand. And, um, you know, there's nothing like one's own experience um, in a vulnerable place to really understand that of another. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much, Lisa B.T. in Canada. Mary B. in the U.K. Hi, my name is Mary. I'm recovered compulsive eater. Thank you very much for everyone who shared today. And um, on this reading, yeah, it's particularly uh, relevant for me because um, <clears throat> It does remind me that in carrying the message, there is a certain level of neutrality around. Uh, I would like there to be some neutrality uh, in my motives for how I do that. Not neutrality, but more around, um, you know, it's not about what I'm getting out of it. It's about being willing to share something that's been freely given to me. It's an avocation, which means that it, it's something that is, again, going to take up my free time. It's not necessarily always 
it's not that I don't like carrying the message, but sometimes it's more that I don't like missing out on what I perceive to be my free time to do something that's not all about me. And um, I then want to get something out of it. So I want to be like, well, I want to demonstrate that I'm really, really good at this, that I know what I'm doing. And it's important to be careful. You know, I, I, I've spent years in a way uh, taking what I like and leaving the rest. And recently I've had to get very, very humble and surrendered around what the true physical mental nature of the disease is for me and in doing so I've found a path to freedom that I'm very enthusiastic about wanting to share with other people but um you know it's not it's not so that I a, a tick against my name or that I'm some sort of you know guru it's that I'm following a process that works and has worked for many countless others and brought peace to the life of others. And that's where, you know, I'm giving up my free time on that basis, not because it's, I want to get something out of it. Um, I hope that's been helpful. And uh, yeah, it's good to have the opportunity to share. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Mary B from the UK and Lisa C. Got plenty of time. You have three minutes. No, two minutes. Sorry, two minutes on the clock. That's all good. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Lisa C. from New Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, <clears throat> I, I wasn't sure about sharing this morning, but um, but uh, hey, I'll, I'll wrap us up. Um, it was really just an incredible meeting of shares that all things that I was thinking. Um, so thank you, everybody. Um, I think like when I think about what it means to be anonymous, I also think about how I'm going to um, identify in um, and that there's just there's so much breathing room because, uh, you know, there's a lot that I don't know. And so then I can focus on the things that I need to hear. Um, and I, I think um, that, you know, the fact that, you know, like a, like a sort of not nonprofit organization, right? I mean, it's like no one's making money here. No one's like bread and butter depends on this, which means that we're like relieved of, of those concerns. Um, we can come in a spirit of true service and volunteerism, which is really powerful. Um, and I think also about another uh, volunteer organization that I'm part of. Um, one of the messages that we are trained in is that um, we use we statements when providing support. We don't give advice. Um, but we talk about what has worked for us or what has worked for many people in our situation. And then, you know, participants can kind of take, take the things that, that they need to hear. And then in that way, they don't form a dependence on us as the keepers of the wisdom. And so I'm sharing this just because I think that's really powerful. In other words, you know, um, the problems don't get solved because I, Lisa, have told my sponsor what to do, she has done it and been successful, and therefore I am the reason for her success, or even worse, that I give the advice, it doesn't work, and then I'm the reason that she leaves the program. So I just uh, really wanted to press on that, that we do it beautifully here um, with God at the center, and with that I'll pass. Thank you.
We don't hear you, Bob. Moderator, we don't. Oh, so sorry. There we go. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded uh, hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for today, Wednesday, November 15th, for this meeting that we just finished is 20838. 20838. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And we'll, we'll, um, Crystal R., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Crystal R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning medica- meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.